Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody. It's a penny for your thoughts. Yeah, we made it. And here we are. Good to have you with us. Nice and warm out there. Nice and toasty. 78 degrees currently. What's our high today? 90. Here as we head into the latter stages of the month of June. Good to have you with us on a penny for your thoughts. You heard Gene Honda, our great friend, mention the uh, phone numbers, 217-356-9397. That's the, uh, that's the old-fashioned way. I've been doing that for decades. Text line, of course, very popular, 217-351-5357. Get a quick message into us and your thoughts on things. And you can email us as well. It's kind of in between. Talk at WDWS.com. Predominantly open line today. Uh, Jim Dye will join me, as he does a couple times a month. We'll sit in with uh, with Jim in the second hour. So if you have some questions for him, certainly, or for both of us, or whatever the case may be, some thoughts, you can certainly do that here in the uh, second hour. We'll have an open line with uh, me here for the first 45 minutes of the show. Diane Ducey, my fellow Unity High School graduate uh, in charge of uh, publicity for a couple of different events. One is the uh, Tolono Fun Days that are going on in my hometown uh, this weekend. We'll talk to her about that. She's also helping with publicity for the uh, Freedom Celebration here in town in uh, Champaign-Urbana. We'll talk to her more and some other guests about that next week as we get closer to the uh, 4th of July. But we'll talk about Tolono Fun Days for a few minutes. And then uh, back to the open line with Jim Dye. Tomorrow we'll do an open line the first first hour. Ann Prislin with the uh, Champaign County League of Women Voters. Some final thoughts, advice, information for you to think about before primary day on Tuesday. And then in the uh, second hour tomorrow, it is the last hour, the last Friday of the month, so we'll have a flashback Friday in the second hour tomorrow because next Friday is July 1st. So it's the end of June here coming up uh, pretty quick for us. So all of that happening, uh, waiting on the Supreme Court, may get a uh, Roe versus Wade ruling today. I don't know. It could be today. could be tomorrow. That's the uh, speculation. So we'll keep an eye on that. There, I think they said, I think CBS said about a dozen cases left for them to uh, decide or at least uh, release their decision. They usually save the big ones for last, and the, the end of the term here is the end of June, so we're getting near the finish line. So we'll see about that. If something breaks, of course, we'll be uh, keeping an eye on it during the course of the morning. 
Got a local um, winner in the best of show out there. We'll talk about that. That's the big story in the uh, News Gazette today and all over the uh, national wires. So we'll talk about that. Uh, July 6th here, uh, July 6th. Uh, January 6th hearings continue on Capitol Hill. Got some interesting articles. Uh, and I have asked from the, the start, and I'm not a, I'm not a legal person. I don't, I don't know the law. But uh, and I kind of rely on those who are experts in it. Um, my question from the beginning is, okay, what is the legal end game here? What you can say all those things about what the president did and what he shouldn't have done and all this sort of thing, but where are you going with this? Is my question. Is there a, and and so a lot of folks are starting to ask that question. Others are like, okay. So we hear all this that, you know, Trump's a bad guy or he shouldn't have done this or, you know, he's stirring up this. And he was saying, okay, but are you going to charge him with something? And Congress can't charge him with something, but the Justice Department can. And then there's a whole uh, list of things that they could, if they want to try, the Justice Department could try to charge him with. And so there's just some interesting perspective. Jonathan Turley has one. There's some others that are out there, too. So we'll talk about some of that. And, of course, primary day coming up. Who's going to win? Uh, he's got a poll out, so recently showed Mary Miller had pulled ahead in the uh, 15th Congressional District. One poll. doesn't mean that's what's happening, but that's one poll. So we'll see uh, there. And, of course, uh, talked about the Muhammad uh, School District uh, referendum yesterday. If you missed any of the show there, you can go to WDWS.com. So your thoughts are welcome. 9-11 here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. We'll get it started after this. On a penny for your thoughts, 914, 78 degrees. It's part of the Champaign Center Partnership's 13 Thursday Campus Town promotion. You can get 20% off old general books at the Illini Union Bookstore every Thursday. That would be today, correct? Yes, every Thursday until August the 18th. Great time to stock up on those summer materials. You need books to read under the shade tree at the beach while lounging on the back deck or when sitting inside on those rainy days. So make sure you stop by the uh, University of uh, Illinois Illini Union Bookstore is where you can uh, stop by there uh, in Urbana. And, uh, of course, they have uh, all the official stuff. Official bookstore of the University of Illinois of Urbana-Champaign supplies you with all the officially licensed Illini souvenirs, gifts, and apparel, Nike Champion, League, Legacy, etc. College-specific apparel. Maybe you graduated from one of the colleges, Geese College of Business or the Granger engineering, LAS, or whatever, they're all in there. And uh, they employ a lot of students every semester located in the heart of Campus Town at the corner of Wright and Daniel in Champaign. The website's bookstore.illinois.edu. Go online, look for some things you can get. Or you can check them out on Facebook or on Instagram at Illini Union Bookstore. Illini Union Bookstore, one of our sponsors here on A Penny for Your Thoughts. 217 356 9397, text line at 217-351-5357, and you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Tonight, you can hear the final Illinois Republican gubernatorial debate. If you haven't heard enough, if you'd like to hear more, it's in tonight, 7 to 8.30. And the last chance, I guess, they'll probably all be together, the ones that are there, and... Uh, 
You'll hear it tonight, 7 to 8.30, right here on DWS. Had a Little League champion uh, crowned last night, the Kiwanis uh, Little League champions. So congratulations to uh, the folks there. It was at Bacon and Van Buskirk, right? Won the, uh, won the championship. Yeah, Kings of the Diamond. 3-2 to two over First Federals, so congratulations to uh, that team. Boy, that trophy's a big one, isn't it? That's bigger than the kids almost. So that's pretty cool. They had that last night. We had it on the radio here as well. Just uh, one poll that's out. Uh, Illinois 15th Congressional uh, District. Now, this is still pretty uh, pretty fluid, I would think. But the last poll had Miller leading Davis 45% to 40. Now, the margin of error was about five percentage points. And I took a, a class in college, statistics class, that told me the margin of error needed to be under three or at three or lower. Anything much over that. And um, you can always, there's a little more wiggle room the higher the percentage of error. But uh, so who knows? But uh, it says here Miller leads Davis 45 to 40 percent. Race was tied at 41 percent apiece in the first week of June. Miller leads Davis by 31 percentage points with Trump Republicans. And high propensity voters are shifting to Miller. Uh, President Trump going to hold a Save America rally in the district coming up next week. So uh, still pretty volatile, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, that one. That one may come down to the wire. And if anything, that one that race is very much a, I think, a snapshot of where the Republican Party, at a national level, is uh, arguing with itself a little bit over what. You know, with Trump, trying to be with Trump, getting his full endorsement. Rodney Davis is also along the way, said, hey, help me finish President Trump's wall on the border. Um, each other accusing the other of not being a real conservative. <laughs> There's a lot of, lot of back and forth there. So uh, we'll see what happens in that race. And the winner of that race is going to win the seat, effectively. It's a heavily, heavily Republican district. But we'll see. All right, let's see what else uh, I mentioned tomorrow, the second hour, Flashback Friday. Primary coverage next week. Again, we'll keep an eye on the Supreme Court today. Uh, new uh, Champaign Police Chief Timothy Tyler will join us next Thursday at 9. So we'll visit with the new Champaign Police Chief for a few minutes. And Justice Robert Steigman a week from tomorrow. I'll be off on uh, July 4th. We'll take that day off. I think Ed uh, Bond putting together our patriotic programming in the morning in that time slot so you can listen for some of that coming up uh, on july the fourth and then back at it on july the fifth so an interesting story about uh, a friendship that's developed between sonia sotomayor and clarence thomas that's kind of an interesting it's very much similar to i don't know if it's exactly the same but it's very similar to the relationship that uh, ruth bader ginsburg had with antonin scalia so it's interesting some of the friendships that are formed when people are on the, the polar opposite uh, side of things. And the, and the gentleman that wrote the article, uh, and I've got it here, and I'll get to it here if I get a chance, about uh, how you can differ politically and still be friends. What a concept. <laughs> Somewhere we've lost that. 
but uh, that's a pretty interesting story. And then congratulations, the uh, Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. How about Trumpet the Bloodhound? Born to St. Joseph, breeders Brian and Chris Flesner takes home best in show. At the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show, the premier dog showcase in the United States. Yesterday, competed against the winners of the other six categories, rose from a pack of nearly 3,500 entrants, and won the whole thing. So how about that? Trumpet the Bloodhound. And we got a uh, text in on that. says, congratulations to Trumpet. You look fabulous. Yeah, very, very cool. And uh, Anthony uh, Sim- or Ethan Simmons excuse me, has an article on that in the uh, News Gazette today. 921 at DWS. Some of the uh, editorials and some comments. Uh, Jonathan Turley with an article today talking about prosecuting Trump being a jerk isn't criminal. And he goes through a whole um, series of things. Some of the uh, commonly cited things that some legal experts are saying that uh, the former president could be charged with if Merritt Garland were to pick up on any of this. He goes through, says, Crimes have elements, and the committee cannot seem to agree on even the crime, let alone the elemental evidence. Indeed, reports indicate that the committee is divided on even making a criminal referral to the Justice Department. Here are the three most commonly cited crimes and their respective challenges for prosecutors if they were to pursue it. The committee has established that Trump was told by his Attorney General, White House Counsel, and a host of Justice Department and White House lawyers that there was no good faith legal basis to challenge the election certification or factual basis to support the alleged widespread electoral fraud. However, to prove this case, the Justice Department would need to show an intent by Trump to obstruct an official proceeding of Congress. That cannot be based simply on the fact that he and his supporters in Congress plan to challenge the certification of the vote. Challenges to certification have been made by Democrats before, including the committee chair, Benny Thompson, who voted to challenge the certification of the 04 results of President George W. Bush's re-election. Jamie Raskin on the committee sought to challenge Trump's certification in 2016. An obstruction charge would have to show that Trump was planning for violence or actively supported the violence as it unfolded. However, Turley writes, it now appears the National Guard personnel were offered by the Trump Defense Department but declined four days before the riot. Trump's delay in calling for supporters to go home was denounced by many that day. Another one is conspiracy to defraud is equally challenging for prosecutors. It would require the government to prove that at least two people entered into an agreement to obstruct a lawful function of the government by deceit or dishonest means. Trump may have been delusional or dishonest in siding with one team over the other. The committee has portrayed Team Crazy as a clown parade against Team Normal, but a clown parade does not make a criminal conspiracy. For a strong federal case, Turley writes, the charge would have to be based on proof that Trump believed these legal and factual claims were meritless. Not probably meritless, but entirely knowingly meritless. Trump has long used litigation as a business and political cudgel, often advancing weak legal claims. He has been criticized for treating the law as endlessly malleable. 
The Democrats themselves have supplied Trump with his best defense. They've often portrayed him as a megomaniac who could not accept that he lost the election. They offered pseudo-scientific accounts of the shared psychosis of Trump and his supporters in refusing to admit defeat. To bring a charge over such a challenge could criminalize future challenges when one party claims the other lacked a good-faith basis. And then the third one was uh, there's been widespread calls, criminal charges, uh, calls for that for seditious conspiracy. Indeed, to the thrill of many in the media, the D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine announced he was considering arresting Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Rudy Giuliani, and Mo Brooks for incitement. Then nothing happened. The reason was not any misguided affection for Trump. The problem was Racine could not make the case. The case has still not been made. The select committee may still have the smoking gun evidence of a criminal conspiracy. However, the committee helps to, if it hopes to do more than declare Trump a modern-day jerk, it still has to prove he's a criminal. So there you go. That's what Jonathan Turley says. And then there's some other uh, layout I've seen of what uh, some have accused uh, Trump of or what they think he might be charged with, and those are very similar to what uh, Jonathan Turley ran through, ran through. Now, someone points out the federal government isn't the only institution that could charge Trump. He could wind up facing charges in other parts of the country, one in particular from Fulton County, Georgia. Experts do not expect the Justice Department to bring a case against Trump before this year's midterm elections. The trial would likely begin in 2023. And even if conducted in an expedited way, it would likely continue into 2024 when Trump is expected to run for a second term as president. So, but Marilyn, Merritt Garland uh, is what a lot of people feel would be the key if, they, if, there's, if that's their goal is to get it to Merritt Garland for him to decide to get any charges. But if you're going to make charges, then you've got to have a case to make. Other than that, we don't like him, or he's a bad guy, or he said really stupid things. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's Jonathan Turley's point, I guess, is what uh, from a legal standpoint. So anyway, I just found that interesting. Nine twenty-six. Greg is with us. How you doing, Greg? Hi, Brian. I have a comment about an ad I heard yesterday uh, about this lady that's running against uh, Rodney Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he might have voted. He might have voted to fund Planned Parenthood. But the way these bills are written, there's no clean bills anymore. That was probably buried in hundreds of pages. And that's just that's the way stuff gets done anymore. Oh, it happens all the time. Sure. I mean, I, it, but, you uh, know, Mary Miller voted against the defense bill, from what I understand, voted against the defense bill because it had some things. And a lot of women in Congress voted against it because there was something in there that pertained to women that they voted against. Yeah, and, and and you know, I mean, there's you can dig anywhere, and you can say, well, hey, he or she voted for this or for that, and turn it into a bumper exactly. sticker or a commercial. But it, that, I mean, <laughs> that doesn't it, things can be taken out of context all the time, and they do it all the time. Both sides do. Yeah. I mean, it's also this uh, this January sixth committee. I don't know how Adam Schiff can get on TV with a straight face and the way he's lied to the country. He lied for five years about this Russian collusion. It was found out to be a, to be a, 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 a false, 
and they still believe him. But, you know, Rush Limbaugh, I'm not a huge Rush Limbaugh fan, but I occasionally listen to him, and he did say one thing that was correct, and it's correct to this day. The Democrats tell us who they fear by how they attack, and that's exactly what they're doing with, with Trump. Trump wasn't perfect. You know, Trump's no longer in office. Joe Biden is run, supposedly running this whole, this whole mess, this gas, this inflation. This whole thing is on Biden. And the media is using this uh, January 6th thing to talk about everything but the mess that's in the White House. You oh, I you know, yeah. I I don't if think we had an honest media. If we had an honest media, we would never had Barack Obama or Joe Biden. Neither one of those guys was vetted. Joe Biden's been a failure for 50 years in D.C. Why would anybody think he's going to change now? He told everybody what he was going to do before the election. I'm going to put the oil companies out of business. So anybody that voted for him that's enjoying this uh, Five and six dollar gas, like everybody else, they got what they voted for. Let them enjoy it. Hey, thank you, Greg. Okay, thank appreciate you. it, Bye. sir. Thank you. Good to hear from you. By the way, uh, Rich Lowry wrote yesterday, and he's a Republican. You know, he leans Republican. Obviously, he's a conservative writer, but he said uh, headline in his opinion: Republicans need a leader without Trump's twenty twenty obsession. He says Republicans need to move on from twenty twenty. And don't read back and relitigate all of that again. Say it's time to move on. Go with DeSantis or go with whoever. That's what he says. So it's interesting. All right, uh, 930. Got some planets are going to be aligned here. Let me tell you about that here in a moment. But first, this quick timeout on a penny for your thoughts. Yeah, can't fight the moonlight. 9.33, 78 degrees here on a penny for your thoughts. Uh, regarding Kofi Coburn, yeah, tonight's the NBA draft. Uh, someone says, I read it where in three years he took a total of 30 shots beyond nine feet from the basket. He's extremely limited offensively. Well, he's, he's not a guy that's going to shoot much beyond uh, 15 feet. He took a few shots over the last couple of years. And you're right, I, I don't know what the exact number is, but you're probably in that ballpark. But, yeah, I mean, the NBA has changed. I mean, just watch the the final. How many threes were taking during the course of the playoffs, three-point shots, and even by guys that are big? I mean, you, if you're a big guy, you're shooting. And I know that. But I, I think there's a place for him somewhere, I would think. Just his uh, size, and they can work with him on his shot. His attitude is terrific. He's a great young man. He checks all the boxes that you want. A uh, responsible citizen. He's going to work hard. He's going to get better. be interesting to see if he does get drafted. If he's not, what happens to him? But uh, good luck to all the guys in the draft. Maybe Alfonso Plummer can find a spot somewhere. That'd be cool. And some of the other guys that are out there um, in the NBA, they're keeping an eye on it tonight in the NBA draft. Keeping an eye on the sky, by the way is our uh, buddy Dave Leak, who works here as well. Hi, Dave. Good morning, sir. How are hey. you? Hey. 
Good to have you on. So the um, the planets are all aligning, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to I have to watch the word align because a lot of that means different things to different people. Let's just say there's a nice display of planets in the morning time sky right now. Yeah. So uh, that's now. So was it Mercury, Venus, Mars? Yeah, Jupiter and Ju- Saturn. Jupiter and yeah. Saturn. So in that order. Yeah. Okay. The thing that is getting the, the planets are uh, always out there, and the, the thing that really is getting some airplay now is the fact that they're all in order. Uh, you do have to get up pretty uh, pretty close to sunrise to see Mercury. It's going to be the toughest to see, but Saturn right now comes up. Uh, in fact, tomorrow morning Saturn will come up about eleven thirty p.m. and Jupiter one fifteen, Mars two o'clock, and then you got the crescent moon in there will come up at three a.m. Venus about 3.45, and then Mercury about 4.20 all tomorrow morning. Oh, wow. So is that early in the morning the best time to see them all? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. So you do have to set an alarm. You have to be on Brian Barnhart time. Get up early (laughs) and check that out. The the thing, though, is uh, it it spans a large part of the sky. Mm. So, in other words, if you take your arm and make a fist and hold it out at arm's length, close one eye and sight along it. That fist that you see is about uh, 10 degrees of the sky. Well, these planets span about 100 degrees. So if you can imagine from Mercury out to Saturn, about 10 fists side by side. So they're mm-hmm. not all in one particular spot in the sky. They, uh, they kind of uh, are spread out. The thing that's cool, though, is that the solar system is relatively flat like a pancake. And with all the planets kind of being on the uh, same side of the sun as, uh, as, as we are. That's what it looks like to us. You can take your finger and trace a line from Mercury all the way to Saturn in the sky, and that's the plane of the solar system. You can actually actually see that. Hmm. Wow. Well, you just know all kinds of things, Dave. Well, that's what they pay me to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> so which, which direction? <laughs> yeah, what? you want to look in the east. Look to the east. Okay. Uh, Yep, look in the east, and again, depending on Saturn, will be up before midnight. But if you want to catch the other ones, again, Mercury is the toughest to see. In fact, by the end of this month, it's going to be very difficult to see because it's the closest planet to the sun, and obviously you don't want to look at the sun. So you want to get up maybe around 4 a.m., and you need to have a low eastern horizon to see Mercury. But Venus will be the brightest thing out there, and again, tomorrow morning the crescent moon won't be too far from it. Um, this, it's been about a hundred years since this has happened. And the next time it'll happen, will be 2041. Mm. So if you want to set an alarm again, you need to have a low Eastern horizon, but get up and check it out. Yeah. And you can see all that with a naked eye. Yep. I mean, you yep. don't need don't anything need special. Any... Yeah. Nope. They're all, uh, relatively bright. Venus will be the brightest. The planet Uranus, believe it or not, is actually in there too, but you do need some optical aid if you want to see that. Okay. Well, the cool thing is they're in order. So that's what's yeah. That's what's unique about it. So if you know your planets, you can just go right down the line. Yeah, and do know that they're really not lined up. Obviously, the planets are all at different distances from us. Right. We have to keep in mind that we live on one of those planets that's moving, Yeah, and that's what it looks like from our point of view. Hmm. Okay, Dave. Hey, thank you. Appreciate, appreciate the time. All See right. you later on today, mate. Yep, thank you, sir. All right, Dave Leak. A long time at Parkland, of course, now retired from there, but working here. His retirement gig is with us here on the radio, so we appreciate him being with us here this morning. 9.38 at DWS, open line time here predominantly this morning. Diane Ducey will come in for a few minutes. 
We'll talk to Lono Fundays. We've also got Jim Dye with me in the second hour for an open line. And keeping an eye on the uh, Supreme Court, uh, one headline here says the court rules in favor of gun owners in a New York case. So there's one big ruling today. And we'll see if we get anything on Roe versus Wade as well. But all uh, eyes are on the Supreme Court there in D.C. We'll keep an eye on it as well. 939, back in a moment. Nine forty-two. Diane Ducey's here. He can't go wrong with Sheena Easton. And that might have been playing on our way into Unity High School back in the so. day, Brian. I think so. Yeah. How about that? And you and your locker down by the cafeteria, <laughs> yeah, right? That's right. Uh, did you have a locker there too? <laughs> um, no, but did I was down by was? Craig Richter, and and oh. and anyway, <laughs> was that by the? Um, uh, that... Like halfway down to Imani's okay. room, down at the end. Oh, anyway, okay. very good. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, that, that building's still there. And people have asked me, there's so many Unity people that are in broadcasting, yeah. you know, Stevie and that? I, and, you know, Dave Gentry, and sure. I don't know. <laughs> you know, do we have good English teachers? <laughs> Were we always good at speaking? Uh, do we, I don't know how yeah. that happened, yeah. but it's pretty cool. That's good. So your hometown, Tolono, with the yeah, big fun day this fun weekend. Days, huh? Yeah, and I'm so, that so excited. Tomorrow, right? Coming in today, actually, oh, today. I, I dropped by Martin Equipment, you know, with John Deere, and the team said they'd sponsor my kitty tractor pull. I'm so really? excited because there's going to be like a John Deere replica kitty yeah. tractor for these kids to get involved really? with at one o'clock on uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited that we got some sponsorship dollars. You know, it's been tough as far as the sponsorships, the donations, the volunteers. Coming out of the pandemic and, you know, times are tight, gas is high. Mm -hmm. It's just hard for people to chip in and give and blah, blah, blah. So, um, we really appreciate when businesses get behind us like this. All right. Now, did we do fun days last year or not? It I know was, we didn't too. It years. was tricky weather wise. So yeah. we had the parade. We had a salute to the Unity Music Boosters. Jay mm-hmm. and Beth Rogers were our grand marshals, right. and that was awesome. And we tried to get music of people who had ties to Unity on the stage. This year, from 4.30 to 8.30, we'll have uh, Ancient Ways and Unity grad Lance Musier from the class of 2016 will be uh, leading that band. But uh, our salute this year is to the Boom Boom Boys. Yeah. And the fireworks our guys. tradition of fireworks is outstanding and they've been shooting from 1977 to 2017 Uh, back in 2017 things started to get a little more complicated with the ATF and the certifications and everything little things like that exactly (laughs) big big fun haters on all the insurance and all that in any case um, we're looking forward to saluting there's a couple of dozen guys that potentially could be at the front of the parade at 11 a.m. on Saturday but uh, Denny Davis and Damon Domberger had been friends oh. since third grade. And uh, Gene Creek, who was in charge of scouts so many years, really worked with my sister Susan back in the day mm-hmm. to get kind of a patriotic celebration going and combine that fireman's street fest that they used to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of made Tolono Fun Day out of that. All right. So, well, there's a lot of parts to this. So yes, it's, uh, there the next, is. The next couple of days, Friday, June 24th, Saturday, June 25th. 
And this still at uh, West Side Park. There, yeah, there? mainly, but yeah. we've uh, it's a throwback theme. Okay. So as you know from attending back in the days of uh, you being in Tolono too, that uh, they have a beer tent this year okay. uh, downtown. So eight up will take the stage in the evening, and we have a golf cart parade that launches around seven thirty. It goes by the Scout Cabin in West Side Park. This and is Friday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we have a movie uh, when it gets dark, maybe like nine nine fifteen. I don't know. Um, and it's Sonic the Hedgehog 2. So it's a pretty new movie that we're showing outside. And then we have the flag ceremony and all the different churches in town with a little portion at the pavilion uh, in the morning, the Masonic Hall. Ray Cummings probably reached out to you, as he does many of us Mm -hmm. Unity grads, Mm -hmm. as our English teacher from back in the day, because he's a big Mason. Downtown Tolono's doing their breakfast for $10 a head. And that's 7.30 to 10.30. And the parade's at 11. And, of course, the primary's coming up on the 28th. So right. You'll we see end, a few politicians. We, we'll see a few. <laughs> that's for sure. But, uh, again, the we, boom, boom, We boom. haven't heard from any for months. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. <laughs> Imagine that. So, in any case, uh, that's going on. And then I mentioned the kitty tractor pull. After the parade kind of dumps out into West Side Park, the crowd starts moving and shaking in the afternoon, and 1 o'clock is when that Arcola-sanctioned kitty tractor pole will take place at the Big Diamond. You can also, at East Side Park, take these Summer Skies helicopter rides mm-hmm. for 40 bucks a person. And East Side, of course, is where the junior high used to be. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Thanks for getting I still retro. miss that building. I know. Anyway, and, but that's and, where the park is. And, you know, they had that slide on oh, the yeah, side yeah. where I no, think, the, you know, I going used to. Down, the exactly. Fire escape, every you once in a Yeah, you weren't supposed to go down unless you really needed it. I did. Did you? Uh, no, like I some, did. Sometimes we I did. was a rule follower. Uh, I don't know about you. My, and see, my husband, Mike Anderson, calls me a rule bender. Yeah, okay. And he is also <laughs> a rule follower. <laughs> And so uh, okay. the music I mentioned, rides. yeah, good. that's kind of cool. Yeah, okay. We have shuttles to alleviate some of the parking hassles around West Side Park, mm-hmm. at East Side Park, at Busey in downtown Tolono, and then West Side Park is the route of this eight-passenger okay. golf cart. Okay, in case you want to park in any of these other places, right? So you can get around a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. So we've got volunteers to manage those, and that's been awesome. Hey, the singing men of GNN, a couple of dozen guys doing a patriotic mm-hmm. and gospel set from 8.30 until the retiring of the flag. And that's going to be cool to have that national anthem song when we retire the flag and on that last note of the national anthem. Kaboom. Yes! (laughs) The fireworks! And I have like a 25-minute soundtrack that's going to be playing at West Side Park. So it should be yeah. awesome to yeah. hear that and see the whole show. Tolono uh, Fun Day. It yeah. is. And we're yeah. just so proud of everybody on the Tolono Fun Day committee who have come together. Uh, Sean Talbot's kind of a, a new guy on board, and he has the best barbecue ever. Uh, he's had these smokers at Trackside, which mm-hmm. is across from the post office there. And, you know, there's certain weekends where he features his pulled pork, and uh, it is so good. So he's going to do some sandwiches for us so if you uh, you know have Mm -hmm. one of those meals for you know like 12 bucks or something or get a sandwich on its own or whatever you want to do um it goes to our festival so that's another good way to get plenty to see and do there's a lot of 
People set up yes, displays. Yes, the vendors, the, vendors, the arts and crafts. Arts and crafts. There's I, food. I mean, on the probably over board. 50 when it comes yeah. to selection of stuff that you can buy and things for the kids and mm. the inflatables and the tennis court is full of the f- fair oh, food yeah. and all that. Monocles was there, right? Yeah, I okay. believe so. Okay. Beth Swigert was in your class, right? She was. Yeah, Beth Thronberg. Known her since kindergarten. Larry yeah. Thronberg, her dad, celebrated her 81st birthday he yesterday. He was his birthday yeah. yesterday? Really? So How did I miss that? And Larry's into the Cubs and the Cardinals, of course, and his yeah. wife Luann, I believe, Cubs, and and he's Cardinals. Well, he's Cardinals. So they were of Tolono Funday Grand Marshal a few years yeah. back. So hmm. uh, continuing the tradition and living in my neighborhood, actually, and we sure appreciate everything that the people of Tolono do to support this festival. Um, and you know, we know that the fireworks are loud sometimes. If you turn up some classic rock music or something in in your living room or whatever, the dogs don't get as freaked out if no. you have that pulsating beat just a little tip for people around this time of year brian uh the cow drop the cow drop remember that and you know you buy a ten dollar square i was hard a hard time explaining that to my daughter when well years ago where the number two lands on the square the person who has that number on the square wins the you know essentially a 50 50 i believe is how we do that uh, kitty And Betty Harden used to run around with this notebook. So we still have a notebook and we put your name in it and it's 10 bucks to get in on the cow drop. And that's at the village building. If you're thinking I'm in Tolono and I'd like to skirt on by today and get a cow drop square, you can do that. You can follow on social media. Tolonoil.us is our website too. So uh, you can follow Tolono Fun Day activities there. I just did a quick online search and was able to find the whole lineup. Shambanamoms.com has got a nice spread about the whole agenda for us, too. Mm. And the raffle tickets this year, we're just doing a $10 raffle ticket, and we're doing a $2,000, $1,500 prize. Okay. And that's a good way to support the festival and get in on maybe trying to win something. Sounds so, great. Awesome. You're doing well? I think I've yeah. covered everything. Could that be? <laughs> All in one you breath. Mean, you mean you're done? <laughs> I'm not. I just uh, love talking with you, of course, on the radio. Yeah. And, um, oh, yeah, Sundowners Car Club, Greg Clare. Yeah, is somebody just texted that. Roping that in, and that's yeah. going to be fabulous in downtown. Yeah, you having can, a great car show. All cars, trucks, bikes are welcome. Yes, so. and so uh, it's, uh, I, I think, maybe a $10 registration fee or something for that. It's a $10 registration fee for the golf cart parade at 730 um, at the Village Building on the west side of Tolono on Friday night. But in any case, the Sundowners are running that, and it's between 10 a.m. and noon that you sign up, and then between noon and 3 is the actual show. Now, the parade comes right through downtown, and Mark Talbot's kind of running that old Maggio's property. He runs the Loose Cobra okay. across from Jack's. Yep. So he said, you know, anything you guys need, if people need to park their cars over in the old Maggio's parking lot, that's fine. Um, you know, then mm-hmm. they can bring them out and have them on display. However you guys want to run it, if the people are nervous about their cars being on display, when the parade walks on okay. through there, goes on through there. Okay. So, uh, Again, uh, Denny and Damon, I just want to especially thank them. They've been on the Tolono Fire Department over 45 years mm. and kind of helped uh, stimulate this boom, boom, boy tradition of great fireworks, not only in our community, but in the communities in their area and have just done a great job for so many years with the fireworks. We just right. love our fireworks in Tolono. The theme is throwback. It and is. The Grand Marshal Boom Boom Boys, June 24, 25, starting 
Down in Tolono. Exactly. So, thank you, Diane. I hope you can come back or no, come see, see us. I know yeah. every once in a while we have you work the mic. Of course, you're yeah. welcome to it. Anytime <laughs> any fellow broadcasters come, I, I appreciate the break so I can go yeah. grab myself a corn dog and lemon shake up. Seems like I do at least buy you that when you do work the mic. I think you have. And you get a little golf cart yeah. toot around town. <laughs> so there are incentives to working and doing a volunteer ship, Brian. <laughs> I hey, love it. Good to see you. Well, and it's Thank great you. to be back in yeah. the studios again. I, I put 12 years in here and, mm-hmm. and had an excellent time working for this yeah. company. So it's been a fun new chapter for me down downtown Philo, yeah. our studios. That's what I hear. So, what I cool. hear. so. All right. Well, you know this. i got to get commercials in. Yes, you do. So i got to go. it's getting towards the top of the hour. Yeah. And thanks for supporting Tolono Fun Day. And again, just a quick online search to find out the agenda of all the activities. Hope to there see you, you there. All right. Diane Ducey. One of my classmates. That's well, right. not quite well, in my class. In, the, in that area. In, in that the ballpark, yeah. yeah. It was in the building. Exactly. At the same time. Go Rockets. For a couple of years. <laughs> 9.54, back in a moment. Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair. It's a full-service collision repair facility. John in Ludlow says, you deserve a rating higher than great. I'd have no trouble recommending Gallo Miller to anyone. It's rare to find such attention to detail in this day and age. And another listener said, Dave and crew, you did a great job on my van. People asked who did the repair. I told them it was you. The staff was very courteous. I'll bring my cars to you as well. There's some testimonials. Big dance, little dings. Doesn't matter. Dave Miller, Bill Gallo, hands-on when it comes to your car repair. And a Supreme Court ruling. We'll see if more comes down here in the next few minutes. But Supreme Court today struck down a New York law that place strict restrictions on carrying concealed firearms in public for self-defense, finding its requirement that applicants seeking a license to carry a concealed handgun demonstrate a proper cause to do so in public is unconstitutional. Six to three ruling, Supreme Court reversed a lower court decision upholding New York's 108-year-old law limiting who can obtain a license to carry a concealed handgun in public. So we'll see. You'll hear more on that from a CBS coming up here in about 30 seconds. More Open Line with Jim Dye straight ahead. WDWS Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone via text or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at wdws.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. All right, welcome back. Hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts, headed for a high of 90 today. We're with you on this Thursday. We'll have some open line time tomorrow. We'll do that here in the next hour with Jim Dye in our second hour today. And Ann Prislin will join us for a few minutes tomorrow from the Champaign County League of Women Voters. Primary day is Tuesday. We'll get some last-minute thoughts from her and the League of Women Voters and any things, a lot of things they've been discussing uh, in the News Gazette and otherwise, just getting you ready for the vote coming up on Tuesday. Jim Dye is with me here in the second hour. Uh, Penny for your thoughts brought to you by Roost by Roger. Uh, Make sure if you need some work done, if you have any storm damage from the past or you're thinking about getting a new roof, 
This is a local and longtime pillar in the community. You can go to their website, roofsbyroger.com, and check out all the things they do. Roofing, gutters, gutter guard, windows, and siding. And uh, great people to work with there with Roger Oakletree. And they've got uh, Aaron's there and Janelle in the office. They're your uh, first point of contact to get started. They do residential and commercial. Don't forget, phone number 217-834-3800, 217-834-3800. They work with all the insurance companies. And, again, they've been a long-time pillar in our community, 35-plus years, Roofs by Roger. Jim Dye is a long-time pillar in our community. How are you? How are you doing, sir? (laughs) I I have existed here for a while, but (laughs) pillar, I don't know. We're Uh, watching the uh, Supreme Court here on that. Yeah, they handed down some decisions this morning, I guess. I haven't really – I saw that they made a decision in the gun case. I don't don't know what others that they have, but I know they're wrapping up and they're going to be pouring them out. Well, that gun uh, case in New York, I guess, was a 108-year-old law or something, or it had to do with concealed uh, area, I, think, I don't or? think the law is that old, but I, yeah, okay. I'm just not that familiar with the case. Yeah. It was a, it involves uh, city rules that deny uh, people the opportunity to qualify for a um, concealed carry permit. Hmm. But I don't want to go too far beyond that because I just don't know. Yeah, and then we're waiting to see if they're going to do the Roe versus Wade, if that's today or tomorrow. Yeah, well, I do know a little bit about that, and yeah, that will be a significant, obviously significant mm-hmm. decision. And, and you had some... and the aftermath of it will be equally significant. Oh man, yeah, I'm thinking so. And you had some news out of Chicago today. What was about? Well, the... yeah, okay. uh, everybody who's pay att- who pays attention to politics knows that uh, multi-billionaire J.B. Pritzker is uh, waging a bitter battle with multi-billionaire Chicago businessman Ken Griffin. And Ken Griffin announced today that he is leaving Illinois. He's taking his companies that employ about 3,000 people in Chicago with him. They're going to go to Miami. So seems to me that Mr. Griffin, uh, after spending a ton of money to try to change the political direction of Illinois, has realized that uh, it, that is a futile thing, and he's packing up and leaving. So that must mean he thinks maybe Irvin's not going to win? Well, I'm sure he thinks Irvin's not going to win, and I also, I also, my, I suspect he also thinks that Illinois is beyond salvation, and he's not going to waste his time here anymore. You also wrote that J.B. Pritzker was out of New Hampshire. He was. Why, he was why, is, why is our governor in New Hampshire? Well, he's not campaigning for the presidency. <laughs> okay. He was supposedly out there giving uh, some supportive. Uh, Speeches on behalf of some uh, officials who are running for office in uh, New Hampshire, Maine, and Massachusetts, and of course the natural speculation is that when you go to when you go to uh, New Hampshire, which is an early primary state, two years before the next presidential primary, that really you're there testing the waters and getting your name known, and in case uh, if if need be, Mr. Pritzker will be available to take the Democratic nomination in 2024. Hmm. He says that he, was that has nothing to do with anything, but nobody believes him. Yeah. Now people say he was well received. Is that what? you Oh, mean? I. You know, well, he he appeared in front of a bunch of uh, partisan Democratic audiences, and he gave a fiery speech denouncing the Republicans. And of course, his audience members liked that, and so they they thought he was wonderful. January sixth hearings continue. If he'd said nice it? things about the Republicans, they would have thrown <laughs> stuff at him. That's right. Uh, <laughs> January sixth hearings continue. Yeah. So he, yeah. He, I don't know. Um, there's talk, uh, you know, about okay, what, where, what is their end game on this? Are they actually going to try to get? Do they want Merritt Garland to charge him with something? Charge Trump? Well, that's with interesting, something? you know, because the supposed end game is that they're going to file a report with a criminal referral. But uh, I don't know 
how that's any well that is that would be a significant thing and i guess it would be a pr uh, move to diminish trump but at the same time the justice department has been investigating investigating this thing for months now and they've charged hundreds of people with crime so you know if there's something there on trump they don't need congress to tell them uh what they should do i mean they know all this stuff so you know what's going to happen? I don't know. I mean, I I I think they're going to make a criminal referral and they're going to produce a report that is extremely critical of uh, all the machinations that went into that thing. And uh, beyond that, I don't know. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven is our number. Visiting with uh, Jim Dye here this morning. You can text us <laughs> Castle Heating and Cooling text line two one seven three five one five three five seven, and you can email us talk at WDWS.com. Two 50-year anniversaries. Today is the day that Richard Nixon signed Title IX. That was 50 years ago. Okay. And just a few days ago, it was 50 years since the Watergate break-in. How about that? <laughs> so he made a big splash in, in both uh, both yeah. categories. Well, it's a long time ago, isn't it? Five decades. Yeah. Uh, hard to believe. But uh, obviously, I think Title IX has been a great thing for Women, because it gives them opportunities uh, to do things they weren't, they could not do before that, and I think it opened up the world of uh, athletics and recreation and physical fitness uh, in a way that they hadn't had before, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing for everybody, and good thing for them. And of course, the Watergate—it was a third-rate burglary. They said it was a third-rate burglary. You know, there are some mysteries that still, still. Um, surround that case one being who actually ordered the break-in um the biggest mystery of course of all is how anybody and those people could have been so stupid (laughs) so (laughs) stupid as to think there's anything in there uh that they needed and that they would actually engage in criminality when the risk reward ratio is so out of balance i mean you get into the thing and you don't get caught which they did once. They did break in once and set some bugs up. They got nothing inform- They got nothing uh, valuable out of it, and one of the bugs wasn't working so well. So they, w- you know, they should have. <laughs> they should have stopped while they were ahead. So then they go back in, and this time they get caught because once again they were so stupid in how they committed the burglary. I mean, they might as well have written a note on the door telling the the security guard, "Hey, we're in the building trying to burglarize something." So he called the police, but. Uh, uh, and this set off one of the great political scandals in American history. So what you could have gained versus what you could have lost was mm. was pretty out of proportion there. But they did it anyhow because they were stupid. <laughs> yep, and it turned out, you know, they were they won the election in a landslide anyway. Nixon won 49 states, the biggest landslide in the history of the country. Yeah. But that didn't last too long after mm-hmm. things started dribbling out and people started talking to save themselves and, and uh, pretty soon it's every man for himself. Jim Dye is with us here at this hour, 217-356-9397. Text line is 217-351-5357. We're just uh, doing an open line with Jim. We'll continue it here in just a moment. On a penny for your thoughts with Jim Dye here this morning up until 11 o'clock here on this Thursday. Good to have you with us. Let's go to the phones here. Steve is with us. Hi, Steve. Good morning. 
Hey, good morning, guys. Nice warm morning to Jim and you. Yes, sir. I just had a question. I heard last week that the Grand Rapids, Michigan uh, city government settled with the family up there for $1.8 million when their uh, family member was killed by the police department. And then, of course, we all know about the George Floyd deal and what their family settled with the city of Minneapolis. But what happens when a police officer gets uh, killed, like uh, Mr. Oberheide does? We never hear how much, you know, who protects them or what kind of a settlement or how are they protected for the rest of their life for losing their husband and their father? Well, uh, the reason these guys, uh, the two cases you cited, and one I'm familiar with and one I'm not, uh, ended up with so much money is because they filed a lawsuit. Uh, when police officers are killed or injured on work, I mean, that's sounds cool to say it, but that's a foreseeable outcome of the line of work they pursue so their benefits would be more in line with what the state and uh and state state pension benefits and state law provide in terms of family support so i'm sure that the that the oberheims are getting uh some kind of uh compensation for the loss of mr oberheim it's one of those things that's generally pretty private but uh, there are benefits outlined in state law uh, that would uh, that would indicate what they're getting. So I mean, I'm sure they're being compensated in some form because of the loss of family member. But it's totally different than these things that go to court and as a result of lawsuits. You know, even the Black Lives Matter. You know, they could come out and say, "Hey, we'll give so and such money because you know a black guy you know shot a police officer." You know, but they're not making any contributions and. Uh, to the family or anything like that so no that cost is picked up to the stick. oh well of course uh but uh that's just a different thing uh but the the costs are picked up by the taxpayers but it's not equal to compensation the other way around when uh police officers you know and wound somebody or kill somebody and then the family gets millions of dollars Right. Well, you know, you have these things with these political settlements. I mean, I, I can imagine the, the city of Minneapolis probably would have paid a lot more uh, to the Floyd family uh, just to get it out of the headlines. <laughs> so, okay. But I just hope the O'Brien family is taken care of above and beyond. Well, I think they'll be fine. I mean, I know that um, a lot of uh, money was raised. What was the um, the online drive that they did? You know, the... Not that the family did, but that others did for them, uh, for the daughters, and all that went on there. I'm just not familiar with the details, but I think Mrs. Oberheim, didn't she make some charitable contributions or use part of that money to establish some sort of program? Mm -hmm. The Um, Peacemaker Project and all that's going on there. Yeah, there's a lot going on, sir. All right, Steve? Yeah, it just bugs me, though, when big settlements go to the families and the police officer's family seem to get the short end of the stick. Hey, very good. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Uh, I had Dave Leak on earlier talking about the planets being in kind of an order. You know, Mercury, Venus, Moon, the moon's out there. Uh-huh. The, they're all not, he said, not lined up officially, but they're going to be on the horizon. A couple of texts on that. Dave Leak is so smart, one listener says. And good morning, Brian. I'm here on Spaceship Earth, and I'm going to just kick back and enjoy the ride. Yeehaw, baby. <laughs> Does he have an alternative? <laughs> I that's pretty good. I like that. Yeah, you know, there was long ago. There was that play called "Stop the World." I want to get off. Uh, uh, not, not possible. 
Uh, Mary Miller, Rodney Davis. What oh, you, boy. You know, Trump's going to be in Adams County. I yeah, guess. that's really interesting because, you know, we got the days are winding down to a precious few, and on Tuesday they're going to vote, and on Wednesday there's going to be silence because they're not going to be attacking each other anymore. And uh, that's a good thing. So it'll be nice to get that wrapped up and get all these politicians to shut up for a while. We've seen some polls that have showed Miller slightly ahead, uh, still about 15% undecided. Uh, yeah, I don't you know, that, any idea which, I, uh, any sense I don't of really that have might. any way to tell, but I, I sense that uh, uh, she's going to give him a really good challenge, and he's and he is very, very concerned. But that's just a that's just a uh, feeling I have. Now, I was talking yesterday to a member of the uh, Sullivan campaign, and he was passing along uh, totally unsubstantiated third hand uh, hearsay, unreliable rumors. <laughs> Which I'll share with you. Uh, he said the word is that uh, the um, Sullivan people, the Sullivan campaign team, has basically been indicating that they expect to get less than ten percent or less in the vote, and that he's going he's going to take a drubbing, and and they're selling the the idea that uh, that uh, the top two runners are going to be Bailey and Sullivan. So uh, we'll just have to see about that, but. Uh, oh, you're talking about Irvin being a yeah, Irvin, Irvin, Irvin being third. What did I say? Yeah, Sullivan. Oh, okay, so, well, so I mean, Irvin is going to get uh, third crushed. Yeah. Okay. And he's come into the, he came into this race with a big splash and all that money behind him, but then all of a sudden, other big money, uh, much of it which was <laughs> provided by the Democrats, uh, <laughs> came in on the opposite side to skewer him. So it. Yeah, was, that uh, that effort, that effort was not going anywhere. It looks like. Yeah, Bailey's too conservative. Vote for him. Was the governor? That's right. Candidate. And you know the Democrats have now expanded <laughs> that theme to the uh, to the attorney general's race. They're attacking the they're attacking the Democrat or the Republican that they prefer to run against. Uh, uh, Tom DeVore is too conservative for Illinois, hoping that Republicans will say, "Well, you can't attack Tom DeVore for me. We're going to I'm going to vote for him." So therefore, the Democrats will win in November. So they're expanding on their effort to manipulate Republican voters. Mm. All right, Mark's up next. Hey, Mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, uh, I want to talk about the referendum, Muhammad. Uh, but you guys brought up some other points. I was going to make quick comments and get the referendum. Uh, you know, they want to convict Trump, and yet here you've got Joe Biden and his boy Hunter's laptop that conclusively proves Joe Biden's a tool of the Chinese amongst other things like the Ukrainians, you know, it's just the media just covers for him incredibly. And yet they attack Trump at every corner. It's really disgusting. But the referendum, you know, I would gladly pay an extra thousand dollars a month if that school system was cranking out great Americans. That's not the case. They're they're heavily involved in critical race theory and have been for years because anytime you mention such things as inclusion and social justice and equity, which is what is being taught in that school system and all school systems because they're public school systems and it's mandated that they teach these things. So I'm the I hate the idea of giving another thousand dollars in taxes every year. You know that, that puts me in a bad position puts everybody in a bad position at, when the economy goes south, which the economy is going to go further and further and further south. When one looks at their property taxes as being a tool that can be used to take away your property, it's been done many times. And if, if this uh, 
economy collapses, which it's well on its way, uh, all of a sudden now we're, we've got that much more money we have to pay to the state. Uh, you know, I like nice schools. I didn't have one when I grew up. I grew up in old schools. They worked very well. It was really the teacher that made the classroom, not the actual walls. So okay. I just hate the idea of putting the money out, and then, then they still teach this crap and turned out dumbed-down serfs for the government to control in the future. All right. Hey, thank you, Mark. 1030. Well, that'll be interesting to see if that passes, because they are really asking for a lot of money. I think it's 98 a million, I think, is what uh, the bond issue is, and I, I know uh, living in Muhammad, it's been uh, it's been talked about a lot, yeah, back I, and I, forth on it. You so. know, when you people have nothing to say about virtually all the taxes that are imposed on them, <clears throat> but when you give them a chance to say yes or no, they frequently take advantage of that and say no. So I would be surprised if it passes. It might because you know they got a lot of people there that are really fired up about their schools, but you also have. A lot of people who are legitimately concerned, can they pay this? Can they pay that, you know, on top of gas skyrocketing and inflation? And then you have, would you like to pay more for your schools? Well, maybe not. Timing is everything. Yeah, the timing could not be worse. (laughs) Uh, Ryan Dallas Real Estate, if you're looking to uh, sell your home, they can uh, do that. If you're looking to buy a home, they can help with that. Don't leave money on the table. Ryan's team will walk you through a pre-launch plan to prepare your home for the market. So you get the most money possible. Voted number one year after year in the News Gazette's People's Choice Awards. And you can vote, by the way, for the People's Choice Awards. Go to WDWS.com. Ryan Dallas, serving nearly 400 families already here in 2022. One of our sponsors on A Penny for Your Thoughts. Our news headlines brought to you by Direct Travel and Abercrombie in Kent. In 2023, travel to Egypt or go on an African safari. Go to Direct Travel. CI.com. Here's CBS. On a penny for your thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS, as we uh, join you here on this Thursday, Jim Dye is with us. Busey knows the importance of a lasting promise. We're pleased to offer financial support toward continuing education endeavors to applicants of all ages and educational backgrounds through the Busey Bank Bridge Scholarship. Through the Busey Bank uh, Bridge Scholarship Fund, $25,000 in scholarships will be awarded annually. Available across the Busey footprint, funds will be dispersed through 10 scholarships of $2,500 each. This can be used for tuition, fees, books, or supplies for continuing education. The application deadline is June the 30th. That's a week from today, and selected recipients will be notified by July 31, 2022. Complete details on the Busey Bank Bridge Scholarships eligibility criteria an application process can be found at Busey.com slash scholarship. All right, uh, question here, is it possible for Penny for Your Thoughts to put the schedule and uh, in the News Gazette for the week? You know, we're working on, we just got our um, app in and our websites have been revamped. So I am working on that. You mean your schedule of guests? Yeah, schedule of guests. Okay. People would know that Jim dies on today. Yeah, well, that yeah. way they could skip it. <laughs> Well, and Jim Rossa will helps out. He puts in occasionally. Uh, you know, yeah, well, Jim Dye will be on. Uh, he puts that in the in the gazette. Well, I so. thought it was just the anticipation of who's Brand going to talk to you next that would have people sitting on the edge of their seats. Yeah. Well, you hope so. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way you want it. I uh, saw a story about a uh, friendship, I guess, that's developed between Clarence Thomas and Sonia Sotomayor. Well, that, that, you, that's interesting because. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the justices, you know, they're human beings, and they do work together very closely, and a lot of them do um, develop friendships that might not fit with their ideological perspectives. And so you saw the other day Sotomayor was saying some very kind things about uh, about uh, Clarence Thomas. Uh, um, Scalia it was actually very, very good friends with uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and they would actually go to the opera together. So it's uh, not unusual that, that they have friendships, and it's also not unusual that they hate each other's guts. I mean, there was uh, one one reputed story of the death of a chief justice whose name I cannot recall. might have been Frankfurter. And one of the other justices on remarking upon his death said, that's the first real ever evidence I've ever seen that there is a God. So uh, he, he was approving of the demise of his colleagues. So that happens, too. Uh, last week, Justice Sonia Sotomayor, considered the court's the most liberal member, often considered, went out of her way to talk publicly about her warm feelings, which is what Jim referred to about Justice Clarence Thomas. It's true, she told a room full of lawyers, that the two have different philosophies of life and different visions of how the law can help people. But Thomas is a beloved figure at the court, she said. He knows the name of every employee in the building. He was the first to send flowers when her stepfather died. He's kind, she said. That's why I can be friends with him and still continue our daily battle over our difference of opinion. Unsurprisingly, Soda Samor's comments didn't go over well with her usual supporters. Bunk, so tone deaf, another said. She's either drinking or smoking marijuana. Oh, gag me. The fact is the collegiality of the Ginsburg and Scalia sort is, to put it mildly, out of fashion these days. Instead, antipathy between liberals and conservatives around the country is the norm, and Democrats and Republicans increasingly see each other as immoral, closed-minded, and unpatriotic. And um, goes well, on to say that it's nice to see this. That's basically. one of the of the signs right now of, of the times is that you not only have to disagree, you can't you cannot just disagree respectfully. You have to disagree disagreeably and consider your ideological opponent or someone who shares a different view on an issue with you uh, as some sort of a moral reprobate who shouldn't be allowed to live. I mean, that's that's kind of where we're at. That's one of mm-hmm. the uh, fallouts of this really divisive time. And it's, it's really unfortunate because it creates a lot of unnecessary ill will and it makes it hard for people to actually get together on things where they have common interests. But that's where we're at right now says democracy requires cooperation and compromise with one's political opponents. That's almost its definition. It requires a basic, even if grudging, respect for adversaries. And if you can't muster that, then it requires at least an adherence to agreed-upon rules and norms. It requires a belief that debate and deliberation can lead to progress. To many Americans on the left and right, it's a time for battle stations, not dates at the opera, friendships across the aisle, and even basic civility Towards one, adversaries are often viewed as a kind of betrayal or at least hypocrisy. Efforts on the part of politicians to find common ground are seen by many as consorting with the enemy. There's a surefire way to be taken advantage of. But this uh, writer says that the alternative, retreating to our corners, doesn't seem to work either. So, I don't know. There you go. I found that interesting, though, the friendship between Sotomayor and Clarence Thomas. Uh, hey, just a quick comment on the Muhammad Seymour Schools discussion. The old building I worked in there was great until it literally started crumbling and chunks fell into the upstairs ceiling of a couple of rooms that got blocked off from use. It needed to come down. The junior high in Muhammad is in that bad a shape, so something needs to happen. Uh, also, the CRT is mandated by the government. Right, let's vote this week to make changes needed, one listener says. 
And a text says, and I am on the edge of my seat today with Jim Dye. Holy cow. <laughs> so there you go. All right. Yeah. Uh, anything going to help with gas prices? I guess um, we're Well, you know, well, Bi- uh, B- Biden has talked about, well, on the margins perhaps, a um, couple things. Biden has announced that he wants to have, he wants to suspend the federal gas tax of 18 cents for uh, three months, and he's hoping that other states will do that. Well, Illinois is taking a marginal step by delaying a scheduled July 1 tax increase of about two cents for six months, gets him past the election. But uh, there may be some movement at the federal level, although I understand Congress is very skeptical about that. The other thing is that, that I think we're seeing a little bit of moderation in demand that is causing the prices to fall just a few cents. I mean, I think I've seen gas prices like four ninety five uh lately and they were they were over five bucks for a while that's because people are buying less gas because they can't afford it and there i saw a story yesterday indicating there's more people carpooling people are trying to be more efficient in terms of when they drive and what they do when they drive you know like making sure they do all their errands in one trip but this is really an example of not not necessarily, uh, you know, a desire to be more fuel efficient, but the fact that people simply cannot afford uh, to pay the pay the prices that are required, and it's killing their family budgets. So I think Biden's got a really big problem here with this thing, uh, and I don't really see much significant happening to reduce the problem. And this goes back a hundred and hundred and fifty years. Blaming the oil companies is an easy oh sure is an easy target, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it, it is. I, I mean, mean every, nobody Roosevelt, likes oil yeah. companies. Nobody likes big corporations. They're nameless and faceless bureaucracies, and they're the ones that uh, present you the bill. But but if if it, it's just rapacious oil companies deciding willy nilly they're going to start charging five or six bucks a, a gallon, I mean, why didn't they do that three years ago when it was two bucks? If it was just that easy, yeah. I mean it's it's not, but but it's a convenient, you know. Politicians will always take the easy way out in, in terms of escaping, trying to escape responsibility, and that's an example of it. So, what, do we ever get the situation with the stickers on the gas pumps straightened out? You know that the things uh, like I did that. You mean the Biden? Well, I did no, that? no, the uh, the ones the legislature. Oh, the leg- yeah, the, no, that case is pending in court, okay. and uh, the gas dealers. This is the uh, this is a story about how the the legislature is trying to take political credit. Uh, for this delay of the tax increase, and so they want, they want to force automobile dealer or gasoline dealers to put up signs saying you're getting a tax cut courtesy of us, and uh, they have gone to court and said that's compelled speech. You can't do it. Well, we'll see if they can or they can't do it. But the 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 people that have gone to court also say if they are in fact forced to do it, they're going to put up another sign that says <laughs> that says uh, that the dirty stinking uh, polecats in Springfield made us put up that sign. Don't believe a word of it. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we may have dueling insults here. Yeah, that's a uh, that's called counter programming. That's right. That's what that's called. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Daryl. How you doing, Daryl? Hey, good morning, Brian. Good morning, good morning Hey, uh, quick, quick question. I'm just out of curiosity. I I think that it's a it's pretty clear evident that Joe Biden will be a one term president, um, and at what point, at what time, would he make some kind of announcement that he won't be seeking a second term to open up the field of candidates to uh, line up enough and uh, announce that they were running for president? 
Well, I would think he would like to delay it as long as he can, because once a president announces that he has, uh, he's not going to run again, he becomes a lame duck and his influence with Congress significantly diminishes. So that's, that's one end of it. He'd want to do it as late as possible. On the other hand, we have all these front-loaded primaries and all these other Democratic candidates that will want to get into those primaries. So they'll probably be announcing, if there's anybody interested, uh, towards the beginning of uh, 2024. So there's a balance there uh, where people with uh, conflicting interests will have to work out the time schedule. Now, it may well be, and I agree with you about Biden being a one-term president, uh, it may well be he'll keep his mouth shut and other people will keep their mouth shut, and we might end up with something like a really brokered convention where he's, he goes to the convention and says, you know what, I've decided I'm not going to run again, and uh, you guys pick your nominee. And that could be some really interesting backstage drama. This is, however, total speculation. I mean, by, now Biden says he's going to run. Uh, I don't see how he can. I don't think physically he's uh, going to be able to maintain a position that uh, serious uh, for another four years after uh, 2024. Plus, if you look at the poll numbers, and he's not exactly right by there. So uh, the answer to that question is I don't know, but there's a lot of different options that are available. Yeah, well, I appreciate your input, but it just would, uh, I mean, he may be in a position where he's, uh, you know, maybe underhandedly let people know that, hey, I'm not going to run, but of course I can't do this in public sense. Sure. Because it'll cripple me, but but, uh, it's just kind of curious about that. It just seemed like, uh, you know, if that that the people that are going to run would want to, be uh get their name out there and and uh, and start promoting themselves as mm-hmm. quickly as possible and yeah you know i'm just curious about that yeah, yeah well you, you asked an excellent question and it's one that's dominating a lot of uh, conversations in washington yeah. dc right now and it's going to dominate the republican side too with yeah. you know is trump actually yeah. going to run or is somebody else going to and there's going to be a lot of going to be kind of a dance with that yeah. too i think and Probably you won't probably learn much until after the midterms, and then it'll start happening. Well, of course, the other big question is: uh, Is you know who going to run again? <laughs> the Trumpster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think I think he's pretty much in the same sort of situation where he needs to get out of the way in enough time to let somebody have a chance to you know mm-hmm. run a, a legitimate campaign. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know. Yep. Good points, Daryl. Hey, thank you, gentlemen. Yep, good thank to visit you. with you. Thank you. A break, 1047, back with Jim Dye here in a moment. All right, we're on Penny for Your Thoughts here this morning. The Beef House, Covington, Indiana, just was over there last week. Had a chance to say hi to Bob and Bonnie Wright. Did the uh, lunch buffet, so if you go over there for lunch, you can do that. You'll have a choice of great uh, menu items, or you can order off the menu. I mean, whatever you'd like to do. Get the Beef House rolls. Make sure you do the Beef House Dinner Theater. Elvis is coming up. They got the... Um, a show with five pianos and Billy Joel music and you name it, Elton John, it's all in there with the Beef House Dinner Theater coming up in July and August and the Elvis uh, show coming up too. They've sold a lot of tickets for both of those, so make sure you check it out. The Beef House, beefhouserolls.com for all of the information. 1050 at uh, DWS, and let's go to the phones here with Jim Dye. Paul is with us. Good morning. Good morning. I got a, a, a well... Everybody's blaming Biden for the gas prices. 
but you have Putin, which started a war with Ukraine. Uh, that didn't help on gas prices or oil prices. Uh, you have hedge fund operators who play the game and drive the oil prices up. So, and then you got oil companies, which basically you look at their profit margins over their quarter that are making $9 billion profit over the time. Uh, they could be cutting back on some of this stuff. And the other thing, refineries have not been built since, I don't know, I think 1930s or, well, maybe much sooner than that. But mm -hmm. there hasn't been much done on refinery. And, uh, yeah, that can, that can get to be the, that, that, yeah, that can be to get the, uh, get to be the choke point, right? If you don't, if your refinery capacity is limited, then that's it. Right. Right. And, you know, that's, uh, that's been a big issue for many years as far as that goes. Hmm. But, uh, as far as the oil companies getting their tax discount, over the many years, that should have been eliminated, I don't know, 70 years ago. Mm. But they're still getting that tax break. They're not paying any taxes. Um, so I don't know, there's a bunch of stuff that goes into that. And I don't know if you want to call it capitalism um, at its best, I guess you might call it. Mm. Um but uh, the other side, and, and I think uh, Congress needs to do away with uh, uh, what the Supreme Court, and I forget the term, uh, where they made corporations people. Uh, that needs to be eliminated, and I still can't think of the name of that. Hmm. You got a whole timers moment here. I'm 80 years old, so but <laughs> <It's> anyway. <okay. laughs> All right, but well, thank uh, you for your thoughts, Paul. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, yeah. he said uh, I got a couple things yeah. there, and he he made a valid point about Putin. So certainly, that has aggravated what was already a problem, but he also uh, accurately points out the problem of refinery capacity. And uh, I think he re made the use the phrase capitalism at its best, but you could also referring to the refineries. You could also say government regulation at its worst because uh, there have been no refineries built, and there will be no refineries built uh, because the regulations that apply now make it simply impossible or so difficult as uh, that nobody wants to get involved with that. So. That's going to that's gonna continue to be a problem. That's our problem. We made the problem. Um, the Congress or state legislatures are going to have to, if they view it a problem, which I don't think they do right now, are going to have to to, uh, to clear the way there to create more refinery capacity. All right, back to the phones here. Uh, Bob is with us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Uh, I've saw in the paper several times where President Biden has referred to implementing a War Powers Act on the refineries, but I haven't seen anybody ever explain exactly what that entails or what that involves. 
would you folks comment on that for a few minutes and let me listen to you on the radio? Okay. Thank you, Thank Bob. You. I don't know that. I've I've seen some references to the the Government Production Act, which gives the government some extraordinary authority to uh, do certain things. Uh, the government's role with private industry is very uh, very limited, and and this is off the subject somewhat. But in um, when Harry Truman was president during the Korean War, he actually tried to seize control of the steel companies, and he threatened to draft uh, striking railroad workers into the, the army. So uh, he got shot down on the, the, the steel company's case in, in a case called Youngstown Sheet and, Sheet and Tube versus Sawyer, who was the Secretary of Commerce. The government said, well, you can't do that. And uh, I, I think they worked the business out with the railroads without him drafting <laughs> railroad workers into the army. But uh, government does have extraordinary power, but it has to be during extraordinary times before it can uh, exercise what essentially is kind of like almost martial law, I guess I would say. 1056, 81 degrees. Back to wrap it up with Jim Dye here in a moment. Ten fifty nine. I got about uh, forty seconds or so here. Uh, one texter says gas prices are already headed downward. The market price determines it. Very little else outside of supply and demand. And I'm so glad I didn't miss Jim Dye this morning. Can't wait to save all that money from the gas tax cut of eighteen cents. <laughs> they have tripled the cost of a gallon of gas by shutting down oil and gas drilling. I'm going to celebrate and drive to the Sydney Dairy Barn for ice cream. Boy, there you go. That guy's fired up, isn't he? How about that? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, thanks for being on with us again. Oh, my pleasure. And a happy uh, 4th of July. That's coming up. That's coming up. Yeah, it is. So, happy birthday, America. Thanks for being with us, and appreciate all you being there as well. We'll do an open line at the start, talk with the League of Women Voters a few minutes, and then do our flashback Friday tomorrow here on Penny. WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Thanks to Blake Landa for his help today. Glad you're with us. Enjoy the rest of the day.